So right now, like with like all the war talks, you get a lot of people saying that uh, black people should never go in the military, work for the government. What's your opinion? Because I, I see it totally different. What's your opinion on that? I don't agree because honestly, you can make the most money working for the government or a government contractor. Right. So, I mean, if if you're trying to make a lot of money, I think that working for being in the defense industry is like the easiest way to do it. Right. So. Like I did, you know, I, we haven't gotten into it yet, but I ended up going overseas and my first year overseas, I, I made 150 and I was only 24. I just turned 24. I made 150. And before I went overseas, I was making like 72. So right out of college, I was making 72,000 with my computer science degree. So, but after two years, went overseas and I doubled my income. And your first like 10, at the time, I think it was 105. First 105,000 is tax free. On the way to the top floor, I ain't selling out though, but I'm on the way. Got a lot of room, with the motivate. Hold all the moves, I'ma put in place. On the way, motivation for all the real ones, nigga. On the way, on the way to the big check. You ain't know I'm up next, but I'm on the way. You ain't take risks, cause you too afraid. I'ma just eat till I'm overweight. On the way, on the way. What's up, y'all? So the Million Up Mindsets team has relaunched our tech subscription service. So it's a platform that sends out motivational texts every day, updates on the podcast, info on investing in real estate, saving tips, and all updates regarding the Million Up Mindsets podcast. To subscribe, text MMPOD to 24251. Again, to subscribe, text MMPOD to 24251. What's up, y'all? This episode is sponsored by Park Hill Consulting Services. If you are interested in learning how to purchase your first investment property or you need some help getting your finances in order so that you can purchase your first investment property, just contact us at www.parkhillconsultantservices.com and we can get you started. We hope you guys enjoy the rest of this episode. The Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. My name is Deanna Kent, and I'm sitting here with my co-host, Xavier Miller. What's good? What's good? And today, we have another very dope guest joining mm-hmm. us on today's episode. Yep. We got Bees. She's an entrepreneur. She's an entrepreneur, engineer, and consultant, and she's about to lot. She's about to drop a lot of game on y'all today. Yeah. And this episode, like we've been, how long we've been talking about this episode? I feel like at least eight. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's been a, nah, no bullshit. It's been at least eight months. Like it's been like even before uh, your birthday party in Miami, we was I think we was talking about it before that. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been a minute. So yeah, I'm 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 super glad to have you on. So usually, know mm-hmm. for the first question, we always ask our guests. So just giving a background on yourself, just uh, for the people that don't know, just explaining like uh, the start to your journey and all that stuff. Okay. So, you know, first and foremost, thanks for having me on. I've been wanting to do this for a while, but I just wanted to get a couple of things like situated first. Mm. So, you know, I'm Bees. Um, People know me on Twitter, capital SB, um, capital underscore SB. And uh, basically, uh, I started out as a software engineer. Um, I got my degree in computer science. I went to VCU in Virginia, um, from Virginia. So I started out and got my... um, got my degree in computer science. And then from there, um, I decided to start doing software engineering and I worked for a government contracting company. So that's kind of why I do the anonymous thing because I have government clearances and, you know, I don't really want to. 
already know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, me and D, we both prior military. People know we both prior military, and I know how. Like when I was in the military, I never discussed it with nobody. I didn't even tell people because it's you know it's it's especially with the clearances and all that mm-hmm. shit. It's about to come to it. So yeah, yeah but so I know. Uh, so when people hear like software engineering, government contracting, like how 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 did that happen? Because I know that's a lot. That's a that's a field a lot of people want to get involved in. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So basically I got started um, back when I was in high school. So back when I was in high school, I was doing tech stuff. Like I played basketball. That's that's really all I did. And my dad always told me, you know, you're going to do tech like because that's what he he did. He went in the military and he did technical stuff as well. Um, so I started out doing tech. I was going to a technical school every other day. Um, and I ended up getting my CompTIA A plus certification when I was 16. So when it was time for me to go to college, I was just like, okay, you know, I don't know what I want to do exactly, but it's going to be in tech. And I just kind of looked at the, um, I looked at the fields. So like IT versus software engineering. And I saw that software engineers make on average like six figures. So that's how I decided to go into software engineering. And so I ended up getting um, my first internship at a bank. Um, and this bank works for one of the uh, government agency, three letter agencies. So that's how I got my first clearance, my secret clearance when I was nineteen. Dang. So you that used also oh, so you started working with them when you was nineteen. Yeah, yeah. I started yeah. working when I was nineteen. I think we started the process when I was eighteen, but the clearance didn't finish till I was nineteen. Right, right. So so I got that first internship. Um I worked there for about a year and a half, and then I ended up applying for an internship for the Air Force. So I worked for the Air Force for it was on and off for a year and a half. I was up in Boston going back and forth for all my breaks. Um, and I was up there doing like electronics engineering, but it, it was really, it's really like system engineering, honestly. So, um, so I did that. I did that for a year and a half on and off. And then I finally got my first internship uh, as a software engineer with a government contracting company. So I, I landed that my junior year. So I, you know, basically my foot was in the door. Everything was all good my junior year. And I just, I, I got an offer from them, but I decided to go somewhere else. Uh, by time I had, by time I had actually graduated college, I had, I think seven or eight different offers from, um, the government, like DOD, uh, government contracting companies. So, you know, I just went where the money was, honestly. Yeah. And that's a smart move. And that makes sense. And for the people that's hearing this and they, they hear you say, uh, like your clearance took a year. I just want to say that's, that's how the shit works. Just for people that might be trying to get a government job or whatever. Like I used to work information protection and I used to see the cases be, a, it could be a year, it could be two years. Shit. Like yep. them clearances, they could take a minute depending on your situation, especially if you got like a, a background that's like you go all over the place. If you was overseas or something, it could take a minute. <laughs> your background, if you were all over the place, if you yeah. got foreign ties, whether it's like, you know, your family's still overseas or, you know, your girlfriend or boyfriend is from overseas, that's going, it's going to take the process longer. And I got my top secret clearance. It actually took two years exactly, 24 months. Yeah. I started the process February 2015. It wasn't done until February 2017. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's usually that, how it goes. That's how it goes. And mm-hmm. for you working with um government agencies pretty much since the age of 19, has it been, would you say, like an enjoyable experience and would you recommend it to somebody else? Because it's kind of like a lot of mixed reviews on how people feel working with the government. Right. Yeah. I mean, it really depends on your personality. Like if you're not going to give up, you know, smoking weed and doing drugs and whatever type of illegal activities you're doing, you might want to just forget about it because it's it's literally a lifestyle change. And that's that's the difference. So 
it's a lifestyle change when you decide to work with the government, you want to do DOD or government contracting or a three letter agency, it's a lifestyle. So if you aren't ready for it, you're not serious for it. I say, don't do this. You won't be wasting your time. That's real. That's game right there. And how did like, man, this, this question just came in my head. It's like, how do you feel about, cause right now, like with like all the war talks, you get a lot of people saying that, uh, black people should never go in the military, work for the government. What's your opinion? Because I, I see it totally different. What's your opinion on that? I don't agree because, honestly, you can make the most money working for the government or a government contractor. Right. So, I mean, if if you're trying to make a lot of money, I think that working for being in the defense industry is like the easiest way to do it. Right. So, like I did, you know, I, we haven't gotten into it yet, but I ended up going overseas and my first year overseas, I, I made 150 and I was only 24. I just turned 24. I made 150. And before I went overseas, I was making like 72. So right out of college, I was making 72,000 with my computer science degree. So, but after two years, went overseas and I doubled my income. And your first like 10, at the time, I think it was 105. First 105,000 is tax free. So yeah, yeah, that's the that's yeah. I'm glad you brought that up for people that don't know that that when you go overseas, a lot of that money be tax free. So you pocketing a whole lot of fucking money, especially if you're over there for an extended period of time. For mm-hmm. You come back, you come back caked up. And just in general, it's just so many different benefits that comes with being like either in the military or having a government job that a lot mm-hmm. of people don't know about or don't take the time to do the research on. But mm-hmm. kind of diving into you being overseas, how did that come about? What was the decision like to make that transition? Um, so it's crazy. So I'm, I'm from the D.C. area. I'm from Arlington, Virginia. So back in like, I think, 2003, 2004, this is when, you know, Afghanistan stuff was popping off heavy back then. So I would see like a black person come back from overseas and they buy a BMW all cash. They buy. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I swear they buy a big house out in Bowie, Maryland, all cash. Like those houses out there are huge. So they come back buying houses and cars all cash. And I'm in high school and I'm like, okay, you know, well, I wasn't in high school at the time, but uh, I started high school like 2006. But once I got there, I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going overseas and I don't care how I have to do it. So that was that was really my goal. Do whatever I have to do to get overseas because I figured that's the way to make the most money, save the most money, and then invest the most money. Mm-hmm. That's I'm I'm so glad we had you on because this game, right? Because you know, usually you know the entrepreneur talks is extremely important. The business owner talks is extremely important. But at the end of the day, we know that's not for everybody. You know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. some people it might be best for them to take this route, but a lot of people don't really know about this route they just know about going to college and trying to find a job here or or anywhere but they don't know the government like defense that's that's big like you get a job right there that's better than most jobs after college for real right yeah (laughs) and then the thing about it too is if you want to go overseas you don't have to do it as like an engineer or anything like that most of the jobs overseas are in security um, operating and maintaining Mm -hmm. basically just fixing parts uh, fixing and replacing parts. Um, there's some IT jobs like sys administrator, information uh, yeah. assurance, and then there's some engineering jobs. Like honestly, I made it overseas in a very small subset. There aren't a lot of straight up engineering jobs overseas. So, mm-hmm. and then there's also like logistics and safety and quality assurance. And then there's site managers too. There's electricians, mm-hmm. welders. Like it, yep. it goes on and on. It's a lot of like labor intensive jobs. So, you know, back in the day when Afghanistan was popping off, you know, people, they were 
they were doing security making six figures tax free tax free mm-hmm. tax free i want people to really understand that part the tax free part that's what the that's where the major play come in at, for real you know what i'm saying and like you like you said cuz some people i think is they get kind of uh, misconstrued they think it's just like like engineering jobs over there but no it's all like you said electric like all kinds of shit like whatever you could think of the government needs it as well especially when they go over their bases over what they got to they got to maintain those bases they got to build them they have to maintain them you got to keep it running and then like the the biggest thing that helps you save money while you're overseas is you're living for free they pay for your food. <laughs> like they pay for everything. They pay for your food. They pay for your housing. They pay yeah. for your car. And then on top of that, you get bonuses. Either it's, it depends on the contract, but you can get a bonus every quarter, or you can get a bonus twice a year. It, you know, it just depends. But it's just so much money to be made overseas. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's so crazy. And then, and then it's so like just so people when they hear this, they don't think it's like. Uh, military style living once you do on a contract it's completely different like i was there military so we had to stay in the dorms had to we didn't have to ebs but you know like we didn't want to spend no money right but when you there on like you know saying a contractor you kind of live you living way better than actual military people (laughs) So, so that's the thing so it really it all depends on your contract so you can either go overseas and you can be in remote areas. And when I say remote, I'm not talking about remote remote working from home. Some people get that confused. I'm talking remote. Like you might be, when I worked in Taiwan, I was working on a mountain. Like that's remote. Like I was working on a mountain. The city was two hours away, you know? So you might be in places where, like that where it's not the best kind of living. But then in, on the other hand, I got some friends that work that work and live in Dubai. So they living in, in two bedroom condos in Dubai. Yep. And they live in the best life ever. Cars paid for. They got a condo paid for. And they don't plan on ever coming back to the States. You know, that's not for me, but some people, that's how they are. Like, a lot of people overseas don't plan on coming back. Facts. Mm-hmm. That's facts. That's exactly how it is. Once you, once you get over there, you and me people, you'll be like, yeah, how long you be, you've been here? They'll be like, shit, I've been here eight years. you be like, damn. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, when you go home, they be like, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. plan on it. And they be making so much money and that tax free shit. It's like they don't be they don't be wanting to come home to like a lot of them don't want to come home to like they retiring type shit. Right. But it makes sense though. Yeah. Even if <laughs> they don't come home, some of them go yeah. retire in Thailand or the Philippines or Bali. Some just don't ever go back home. Like because imagine yeah. you make all that money. You making a hundred thousand a year tax free for 10 years, that's like a million dollars. Like a million dollars broke. You don't have to go back to the States. You can live overseas in one of those countries and be living like a king for the rest of your life. <laughs> Man, I, hope, I hope I hope people that listen to this. They take they take that into uh into into consideration for real because it's definitely something to think about. Yeah, it's, you know, for real, it's definitely something to think about. It's a lot, like you said, it's a lot of money over there, mm-hmm. especially when you deal with government contractors. They got they shit. It's damn near unlimited for real as far as money. Yep, it's unlimited. <laughs> I'm telling you, they give out buildings yeah. like it's a dollar. So <laughs> if you can get a contract, you good. Yeah. And a lot of people just got to get over the fear of like trying new things because when they think of just moving overseas and living away from family and all that, that kind of holds them back from right. taking that leap of faith right. and just going for it. Because, you know, like you say, it could change your life. It could be a completely different experience and you might not want to come back. Right. Yeah. When I left, I was 24. You know, that's that's young. I had just graduated college at 22. My whole family told me not to leave. 
but I still went anyway. Like I only had one friend. He had, he would he had just left to go overseas in February, and I left in April. And he was like, "I'm telling you, go overseas and change your life." You know, now almost three years later, you know, my life has changed. Um, I'm good, honestly. I don't I really don't have to work if I don't want to because of my investments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and I I'm like good. <laughs> like, I like that. Too. And just uh, yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about that. Like how important. Like we all we all know how important that is, but. You could just, yeah, you could just go into it yourself, just saying like uh, the things, different things you've done to get to uh, this position now. Um, so, I mean, you know, like I said, so I was overseas. I, I was stacking up. First thing was I had to get out of debt. I had a ton of debt before I left. Like, so because I was able to make good money straight out of school, I ended up buying a townhouse right out of college. So I was 23 years old, bought a brand new, new construction townhouse for like $300,000. Should have never did that, but right. <laughs> long term right. it'll all work out. But you know, I should have never did that. So, so you know, I had to I had to get out of debt. I had credit card debt that I paid off. So you know, first I paid all my credit card debt off when I was overseas, and then crypto started popping off crazy in 2017, and it it and like I just I was <laughs> able to just make a lot of money. I made a lot of money in crypto, um, and I was I was able to start investing with with Hugo. Honestly, like Hugo. Out a lot, like he's the one who he helped me out a lot. So I've been investing with him, you know, and I just want to keep investing with him long term. And I also have, like, I still have the townhouse, so I get some rental income from that. And and then I still do consultation and stuff like that as well. So that that helps me out with my income. So you know, I haven't been to work in like three months. Man, that's crazy. That's and, and, shout, and shout out to Hugo. That's my guy, man. That's my that's my dude. He he, he official. Right. And uh, uh, yeah. So speaking on you spoke you spoke on crypto for a second. So it's it's twenty twenty. You know. So it's it, the talks kind of quiet. <laughs> yeah. the, the talks is kind of quiet down. But what I believe, and I've been saying this since two thousand eighteen. I've been saying I think I think the end of twenty twenty, first quarter of twenty twenty one. I could be wrong. I just want to say that. So I don't want nobody listen to this and then they're gonna put all their money in this shit. I could be wrong, but I think it's gonna pop off. What you what you think? What you think about crypto? You think it's dead or what you think? I mean, I think with the upcoming recession, I don't think crypto is dead. Um, because just like we saw what yesterday when uh when Iran ended up bombing Iraq, you know, gold went up, Bitcoin went up, silver went up. So those are traditionally stores of value. Well, Bitcoin is new, so it's supposed to be a new store of value. So, I mean, I think that Bitcoin is going to end up going up a lot over um, over the next year or two. So I think it's, something, yeah. it's good to have your money in if that's something you want to do. But just know it yeah. and don't go all in. So Facts. Don't, <laughs> go, don't go all in because that shit could be... It could be a rocky motherfucking road, especially if you're new to investing. You would fucking lose your mind. Hey, man, look, like, like I said, 20, 2017 was crazy. So when the market had crashed, my portfolio went from like 250000 down to like fifty k. So, yeah, and it was like this. It was like overnight. And I'm like, wow, like all that money was just gone, you know. So I was able to get some back up because, you know, it had bounced back real quick. But. Yeah. Like a lot of it was gone, so it's just like you can lose your money for sure. You you just never know. Mm-hmm. Damn, <laughs> that's, the risk you take. that's no, that's that's the risk you take when you fucking with crypto. You gotta you gotta know that and then pretty much accept it and just kind of be like, all right, I'm gonna leave this here. I'm gonna let it stress me, get me down, type mm-hmm. shit. I'm cool, right? Yeah, it was a rough time, but you know you get through it. So you just gotta yeah. know that you'll always be able to make more money. 
that's real. And uh, speaking of, you spoke on the consultations as well. So just for the people that don't know, like uh, when they book a consultation with you, like what is like, like what 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 would they be getting out of it? Um, so I offer three different consultations. So I offer um, the overseas blueprint, which will help people go overseas um, because it's a, it's a process. It's not something that right. happen overnight. So and I'm giving you million dollar games with that with that consultation right there. So and I got some people I already know. close to it. Yeah. Um, I already know. <laughs> yeah, so I have, that, <laughs> I have that one, and I have a co- career planning consultation. Uh, it's mainly for people in like IT and tech and engineering, but uh, they helps people come up with a plan if they want to transition into IT and tech. Um, and then I also have like a financial revamp consultation that helps people uh, fix their finances. You know, if, if, you, if you don't have any kind of budget or you have no idea what anything is financially or what's going on in your life financially, I can help you with that. Yeah, so, so. I, was, I, I just want to say, for people that's listening, definitely book a consultation on her. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if, if don't even think about it. If you if you got to <laughs> think about, do I need it? Book that shit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, straight up, for real. Because like you said, that's that's life-changing game. There's a lot mm-hmm. of information that uh, people need to know about. And you got to understand, you ain't going to get this shit for free all the time. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to get yeah all the life-changing information for free so you can't expect and think to get it for free you're gonna have to pay a lot of the times so you gotta be willing to pay but if you're serious about transio situation you will pay right it's simple as that right exactly so and if they want to book a consultation they can book one at bookwithbees.com so that's bookwithbees b-e-e-z.com and then i also have a, a financial literacy book coming out as well so <laughs> oh, <that's- laughs> it's called a financial starter kit um, gain financial literacy and avoid the pitfalls of the American dream. So, but something I wanted to ask you um, when I was on your website and I was looking at all your different consultations mm-hmm. on it, but I read your bio and something you said was at one point in time, you were investing 80% of your income oh. and living off of the other 20%. So how, how did that even come about and what was that like for you? Was it hard or like, how did you manage to do that? I did that when I was overseas. So like I said, you know, if you're living for free, most of your expenses are on your house, your car and food and whatever else BS you spending it on. So if you if you really just buckle down like overseas, if you can get rid of those big expenses, you can save a lot of money. So even if you can cut your like rent in half, you'll be able to save at least 30 percent of your money, I'm sure. So, you know, th- those are the big expenses. Um, and then also with, with your car, too. Like if it's a lot of people out here that that's paying like between three to six hundred dollars a month on a car. So those are huge expenses. If you could take that money and invest it instead, you'll get you'll get much further. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's, that's that's major right there, because people when people hear of stuff like that, when they hear people saving 80 percent of their money, like 70, even 50 people be like, what? How? How is that possible? When I like money is uh, is basic, but it's complex too. That's how I look at it. Like you know, what I'm saying at the at the, at the most simplest form, it's basic as hell. You know, what I'm saying uh, save more than you spend. Make you know, what I'm saying make sure you're trying to make a decent amount. It's basic concepts, but mm-hmm. for a lot of people, they struggle with like those basic concepts. So when they hear somebody like doing that they like wait they think it's like some kind of crazy strategy you got to be doing but (laughs) it's really not for real no no i mean i I think you should just do what you can do you know don't you don't have to be too extreme if you want to do that much you know you can do that much but i know for sure a lot of people can save 20 percent of their income 
minimum you should be saving 10%. You should always be paying yourself first, 10% of everything that you make. So, and I talk about that in the book as well. So it's just, you know, really, if you, if you avoid those traps that America sets out for you, like, you know, most, most Americans now, the average car payment is $500 a month. And then the average term is, I believe, uh, 72 months. So you paying five hundred dollars a month for six years, six years with interest. That's a lot of money. And that's not even that's to get car insurance, maintenance, gas. Like that's a lot of money. Right. If you put that into an investment account, five hundred dollars a month for, for six years, six. that'd be great. Right. Yeah. I just did some math on it as well. I think I had did it. Um, if you put five hundred dollars a month into an investment account, making seven percent a year. Uh, if you do that for eight years, you'll have, I think, $85,000 after eight years. And then if you just let that money sit and grow for 10 more years, you'll have about $160,000. So, I mean, your car is really, it could be taking up all your money. So that's the big one. Like people, they just, they want to have the nicest car. And I really, I don't believe in that. I don't think you really need the nicest car. Not if you're trying to focus on building wealth. You know, this car is not going to help you save up you know, however much money you want, it's not going to help you uh, increase your investment. It's, it's just not going to help like that. No, that's right. That's mm-hmm. so real because the, the car could be, like I, like I was talking about on Twitter, it's really just an ego thing off the top anyway, but it's not going, like you said, it's not going to help you get to like, if you're trying to get a meal, it's not going to help you get to that point unless you're driving over Uber or some shit with your car. But right. if you're not doing right, <laughs> you're not doing none of that. It's really not gonna be been. It's just a card in the, the day. Like you say, you ain't you ain't uh so into like just having the, that highest quality. If you like, I'm pretty much the same way. Like I always talk about how I still drive a Nissan. I, mean, I, we, I don't I don't have to. Right. It's just like when I go out of town, like how for your birthday, I'll risk something nice. If I'm out of town, like let's get something nice. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have it for a couple of days. Right. But home, I don't need that. <laughs> when I'm driving, like all right, who, who the fuck I'm trying to impress? <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no, ain't no point for real. So it's like I'm. I just dug it out, and it, it's it's beneficial. You got a low payment or no payment at all, like you said, that could be five hundred, four hundred dollars a month. You could be putting to stash, just stash, 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 right? Yeah, like I'm, I'm just like you. Like I got a Accord. I got a 2003 Accord, and I have no payment, of course. And my um car insurance is only thirty two dollars a month. And in my case, you keep trying to tell me, like, yo, just just go lease another car. You make enough money, you can go lease a car or buy a car tomorrow. And I'm like, why? There's, there's nothing wrong with this car at all. It's, it's reliable. It's never broken down. I don't need a new car. Like, you know, until until I want a new car, until there's something, like, actually wrong with the car mechanically, then I'll go get another one. And I'll just buy another Honda, probably for, like, $5,000 and call it a day. Buy it all. Call it a day. Call it I was going to say, like, that need to feel like you got to constantly upgrade your um, living style just because you're making more money is what, co- what catches a lot of people up because that's lifestyle. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I say it all the time on Twitter. People make 40K, the next you know they go and buy a CLA. They buy a CLA Benz, and then they can't afford any maintenance. They can't afford nothing on it, and it's taking up all their money. Oh, yeah, that's that's. But they driving a bin. That's how that, that's usually that's 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 how it go a lot of times. But you know when you come from usually when you come from nothing, that's how it go. You know what I'm saying? You you can make some money. You know they understand it like this. So you, and you your mindset still on the present, people. Right. And it's like, all right, let me let me go get this. Mm-hmm. And it's like you like you just saying, it ain't really 
that beneficial towards you for real. I feel like when I really uh got a crazy, crazy, I'm still probably gonna be cheap at that point. Like, I don't know. I'll just be having a hard time financially committing <laughs> to shit like that. I don't I'll just be like, I'll be in a, every time I go to the dealership, I'll just be like, like, damn, I know I can get this shit. I'll be just thinking, like, do I need this though? Like <laughs> I'm cool. Right. I don't need like, like, why do it I need? Happen so many times. Yeah, it, it happens all the time. So it happens all the time. Especially if you really they fault though, because you know how they'll bullshit you. They'll be wasting your time. Mm-hmm. And when they waste your time, I'll be thinking, like, do I need this? Then by the time they come to a good deal, I'll be like, Yeah, I'm cool. But I never mind. And they like, damn, bro. Like, like, you be up front, <laughs> if you was up front, I don't know, I'm coming in the car, but when you get to think about it, you be like, man, I can get point A to point B. I'm still good. My gas slow, insurance low. Mm-hmm. It's like a no-brainer right. if you really about to bring. Exactly. It's like a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. And then as long as you got Bluetooth, you know, you're good to go. So, I mean, <laughs> nowadays, any car that's, that's at least a 2015 is going to have Bluetooth. So, you buy like, a used 2015. You're gonna be straight, and it's not like it's some old raggedy car or nothing like that. So yeah. people think they need the newest car, and it's the most reliable. It's the best car. Like you don't even need it. You can buy a used car. It's like five years old, three to five years old. You'd be out here good. Yeah, that's right. It's like like uh, one of my friends. He was telling me this girl. She she just bought a new truck, and he was saying her payments. And she a teacher, by the way. He said I think he said her payments was nine hundred dollars, eight nine hundred dollars. It was a, a, a Tahoe. Yeah. Yeah, but he said nine hundred dollars or something, and that's not what that's without insurance. Mm, I know she getting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yo, like, come on, bro. Like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, we 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 really just saying all this for people that's listening. If you if you thinking about it, like you if you serious about your money, don't buy that new whip, bro. Just keep stacking, stacking your money up. If you hit some more licks or you get some more, get your bread up some more. All right. Cool, you could cool to think about it. Cool, probably go get it. Me personally, I'm not. You know what I'm saying? I'm cheap like that. You ain't got to be as cheap as me. Right. But... right. I mean, eventually, I'm going to get something nice, but you know. Right. Now, yeah. Right. I don't need it. Yeah, or at least establish um, some other streams of income or get some assets that's going to pay that for, pay for it. Right. Luxury. Right. Mm-hmm. But then, when you, once you think like that, though, I realize once you think like that and you do, because each new stream of income I get, I don't think, oh, now, now this is gonna pay for my car. I think, oh shit, this is gonna pay for something. Right, <laughs> pay, like, you, right. You think you be thinking like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get this, and then I'm gonna get the car. But then you be like, when you get it, it's like, nah, let's do something else now. Right, like, right. Let's go make us some more money. So yeah, that's that's yeah, it's usually hard for that to happen. But uh, I want to talk about uh, gift photos. Do you mind talking about that for the people that don't, that's not aware of it? Yeah. So um, so gift is my app. Uh, I had it built by a developer back in 2016. Um, like I said before, you know, I'm a software engineer. I was a software engineer, but I never did any mobile development. So, you know, people come to me all the time and they're like, oh, you know, I want to learn how to code to to build an app. And I mean, honestly, I think it's cheaper and it'll save you way more time if you just just pay somebody to develop it. So you can find a developer. They'll, they'll make the app for you and and you're good to go. You know, you might have a finished product within a month versus it could take you a year to build the app by yourself. Um, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, so getting into Gifitize, uh, the app is Save Gifts and Videos from Twitter, and it's it's only for iPhone right now. And we're working on having it out for Android, and then we're also working on like building an entire platform around it. So that's what we're trying to get done for twenty twenty. Let's go, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. What was the uh, inspiration behind the app? Like, how did you come up <laughs> with the idea of it? 
Honestly, you you already know. I'm always on Twitter. So <laughs> on Twitter, you can't save GIFs or videos with, with the app. So and then there was no other way to do it. Nothing that I could find. So I was asking around like I asked Quan. I don't know if y'all know who Quan is. But I asked Quan, like, you know, you know how to do this. And he's like, nah, I wish we could do it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make this app. I'm going to come out with it. Um, so like three years later, you know, recently we just crossed uh, 400,000 downloads. So we, we're doing pretty good. So just trying to keep growing the app and then just keep just keep scaling it up, really. Dang, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That's because that's a, uh, that's just something dope in itself that shows that you got a uh, creative mindset because most people, I'm sure they wouldn't thought of like, if they see that problem because that's just fixing the problem. Right. That's, that's like it. entrepreneurship at this core, just fixing the problem. Most people, I don't think they would even recognize that. <clears throat> yeah. think of like let me just make something yeah yeah i mean that's that that was really my first business really honestly that was the first entrepreneur type venture that i took like was gifitized so mm. yeah so everybody go download that if you use twitter yeah. go download it yeah. it's g-i-f-i-t-i-z look it up on the app store definitely and it's, and it's a it's a it's a dope platform as well it's, the, it's uh something dope to use especially if you own twitter a lot and you constantly using gifts and stuff. Like you said, you can't save them. So you got to go <laughs> look for the shit every time. You're like, damn, man. <laughs> it could be annoying for it. It, sound, it might sound like it's nothing, but if you're on Twitter, like, you know exactly mm -hmm. what I mean. Right. You know? <clears throat> uh, something else I want to talk about is uh, you being anonymous on social media. And this is something I always I always want to ask you because I, like, every time I see somebody that's anonymous, it's dope to me because it's like, damn, they still get their, like, privacy for real like i might know him personally but i know the rest of y'all don't y'all have no idea for real so but but do you feel like has it been like beneficial towards you and all the things you do or do you think sometimes it's like a it could be setbacks in ways um I, I don't really think it's a setback uh besides the besides the fact that you know i just i just don't show myself on social media but to me i want to keep that privacy because like we spoke about before I, I do the government contracting and i have the clearances and stuff but you know, I don't I don't see it as a setback at all. Um, and it beneficial, like I said, I keep my privacy. So the benefits is that I don't I don't really have to worry about nobody walking up to me like, oh, I know you like I've seen plenty of followers in person and they don't know who I am. <laughs> so, you know, if I rock with you, of course, I'm going to say something. But if I don't know you like that, you know, I'm not going to say anything. How, do you feel like um, being anonymous has uh, affected your business in any shape or form as far as like the app and things like that? No, nah, not really. I mean, I think the app probably could be bigger if I was non-anonymous. Like Tirza, that's what we're working on this year. <laughs> so I want to be talking at conferences and doing things like that, doing more oh, public speaking events. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you are going to be in SAC next week. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to make it because I was supposed to be leaving on Sunday. Oh, yeah. yeah. Damn. Damn. I know. Yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all good. We, 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 after something else will come up, we'll make yeah, it up for it. There's going to be plenty of other stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so getting back, I want to talk about uh, like the government contracting some more just for the people. Does not because I was just talking to a friend of mine and they and he was trying to get into he was like yeah I'm trying to get into this and I'm like because I, I don't know exactly if like do you know it do you have to have some kind of form of college education to get it to get started with government contracting so it, it really depends on what which field you're trying to go into so if you're trying to do you know like security and stuff like that no not really and if you're trying to do um 
like maintenance, like O&M or type work. No, you don't need it. And then even IT. But the, this is like the caveat. You need a lot of experience. So mm. a lot of people that are overseas have prior military experience. I'm going to say probably like 98 percent of prior military. That's why people ask me all the time, like, oh, you know, are you in the military? No, I'm not. I've never been in it. So but everybody you work with overseas is going to be in the military. So they're going to expect you to have experience. So if you're trying to get into government contracting, you're not doing it without experience or a degree. It's just not happening. Yeah, because they're going to give the military or ex-military um, members priority first yeah. anyway with that application. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I thought you was... Uh... For the longest, I thought she was prior military too. Since I know you worked for a government, like she, she gotta be uh, prior military because most, like you said, most of them are. Yeah, yeah, pretty much everybody is, but no, nah, I, I wasn't. You know, I went straight from college straight into government contracting. I was already doing it before college, so. And, and, and this, I'm pretty sure, uh, like how we, you, I think you kind of said this earlier. Do you like uh, advise most people? to go that route instead of the typical get a job. I mean, go to college and look for a job like close to relative to home type. Wait, what do you mean? Like, do you advise people to take that route instead of, you know, the typical Mm -hmm. you go to college, get a job like a little corporate job close to home? Um, I I would I would say I definitely believe people should go to college just because um, right now they're trying to make it to where the bachelor's degree is like a high school diploma. High school. Yeah, I've seen a lot of job wrecks where they're like for just yesterday I saw it on Twitter. They they said it was a cashier position paying like twelve dollars an hour and it required a four year degree. So you see it's getting crazy out here. <laughs> so so I mean I definitely I, I recommend people to to go to college if, if that's you know if that's the route you want to go go to college and you just got to do it right you know you got to get internships while you're in college take your school take your classes serious you know try to graduate with at least a 3.0 GPA and and network really mm-hmm. you'll be all right yeah. And something um you kind of like mentioned throughout the conversation is like the American trap. So for our listeners who really don't know what exactly that is, can you explain what it is and how you feel like the system, how you could beat the system in a sense? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I really think the American trap is go to college and then but go to a university that you can't afford and end up getting like six figures in loans. That's what that's what they recommend to you. They try to tell you like you need to go to the best school possible and get the best degree from that school, um, which isn't true. You don't need to do that. Like you can you can go two years um, at a community college and then to and then transfer in state to a university or college in your in your state, and then you could just finish your last two years there. That'll significantly cut the cost of college. Um, another thing is too, we've been talking about it the whole time, cars, like cars is the biggest wealth drain that there is. So, you know, everybody has car loans and stuff like that, but it doesn't have to be you. Like you can have a car loan, but it don't need to be a $30,000 car loan. Like say, if you only make 40 K bless you, if you only say <laughs> you have no business, you know, getting a car that costs 20,000 because that's half of your income. That's just right. too much, you know. So if you keep your income, uh, if you if you end up getting a, a car, that's a certain percentage of your income. You'll do better. Um, another thing is like weddings. When you get married, like people are going into debt just to have weddings, uh, which is crazy. Like I think they said the average wedding costs thirty thousand dollars, which is insane. You know, people don't have that cash, so they they're going into debt for a wedding. Um, 
uh, buying houses as well. People are buying way more house than they need. Um, there's, there's, like I said, I made that mistake. I had no business buying a three hundred thousand dollar house right out of college. You know, I just did it because people said, "Hey, you know, that's something you can do. You're supposed to buy a house." That's what I did. Um, but I shouldn't have did that. I should have got something probably cheaper and that I could fix up. Honestly, something that I could fix up. Maybe get a two hundred three k loan to fix it up instead. But I, but I really wanted to do was get uh, a threeplex in Southeast DC, live in one unit, and then rent out the other two. But yeah, it, it just didn't happen. But when you like lay it out like that, it's like really you just kind of, in a sense, setting yourself up for failure right mm-hmm. off the jump. Like eighteen, straight in college, student loan debt, get out, then you get a brand new car that's more debt, yep. then you get married. That's more debt. Plus, house. you taking on their debt. Then you get the car, the house. Then you had kids. Yep. That's just like you digging yourself into a hole. Yeah, like from, from the day you turn eighteen, you don't dug yourself into what? this never in hole. Yeah, yeah, people don't think about it that deep. Like, and that's how America's. You know, that's how they survive. Mm-hmm. Other, everybody else debt for real. Yep, everybody else debt. Everybody trying to keep up with the Joneses, but like you can do it without going into that type of debt. You don't. You don't have to. You don't have to go into crazy mm-hmm. debt. Like, you know, you can look up and see what um, income, the field that you're trying to go into, what the average income is before you go to college. Uh, th- like, there's ways to do it, and I, I explain it in the book. So mm-hmm. you don't have to go into crazy debt to, to live the life that you want. Mm-hmm. That's and right. I think most importantly is just having a plan. Mm-hmm. Like, just having an idea of what you want. Because a lot of this can, you could avoid making a lot of these mistakes if you just know exactly what you want to do with your life and what you want to get out of it. Right. And, and even if you don't know what you want to do, I'm telling you, like, if you just do, like, right. do some research and then kind of think, OK, right. maybe I think I do like this. I think so many people just go into it blind. They don't do any research nowadays. They just they literally just jump into the water blind, have no idea what they're doing. And they're just trying to navigate that way. And they don't they don't know what to do. Yeah. Yep, or they taking advice from people who don't know no better. Yeah, I think I think that's important too. What you just said, like what you not you don't have to know all the time what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Like so many people, they think they gotta have a whole script planned out, like step by step. I mean, you really necessarily don't. Like me personally, I don't know what the fuck I wanted to do. I just say, all right, I'm gonna join the military, and I'm gonna figure it out. Right. <laughs> right. I'm gonna figure it out what I mean. So that's exactly yeah. what I did. I had five years. And me just figuring it out while I was in, it was like boom, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Other other than I could have been in school, not knowing, wasting money. At least I was making money while I was figuring it out. You right, know what I'm exactly. Getting, mm-hmm. getting experience, all that shit. It, it it definitely played into a part. So you definitely don't have to know exactly what you want to do, as long as you make some kind of steps where you're not just standing in one spot. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. important. You just gotta be a little more careful with college, cause like you said, the military you making money, but with college you losing money. So mm-hmm. at least with that, just kind of have do some research and have some type of idea how you're gonna use this college degree to get you ahead once you obtain it. Right, right, and that's why I said you know two years of community college. That's just your prereqs. That's it. So mm-hmm. you know it's not like you gotta go to an expensive school to get do the prerequisites for your first two years. <laughs> you can figure out what you want to do after that. Like with me, I didn't, I didn't know exactly what I want to do. I just knew I was going to do something tech related. And I knew I was going to get overseas some way, somehow. <laughs> so that's really damn. Cool. Yeah, that's and uh, so like uh, for the people that listen to this and they hear you, we we talk about overseas a lot. Is it is it something 
I don't want to say it's something where they don't have to worry about, depending on where you go. But do you think it's uh, because a lot of people they they hear overseas and they like fuck that, I ain't going. Especially right now, it's, <laughs> they like yo, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't with it. So what, like, do you think? I'm trying, I'm trying to think of how how can I word this question right, like. I'll try to figure out because it's like because I know a lot of people they want they want to get into contracting them but like I said they hear overseas and they immediately think like man I ain't trying to be in a war zone mm-hmm. type shit and they get they get they get real nerves and they talk themselves out of it it's like I don't want to be I don't want to be the one that be like hey bro it ain't gonna be like that because I could be like oh you might end up in the fucked up <laughs> you might end up somewhere fucked up so I like, like saying. <laughs> right. he told me he told me I was gonna be all right but what you, what you think about this well when it comes to contracting you know you get to pick and choose where you want to go depending on the opportunity that's available so you know you don't you don't have to go war zone war zone meaning Afghanistan Iraq Iran stuff like that. You don't have to go there. Some people prefer to because you get hazard pay. You might you might make the most money, but you know, you can do something else. You can go to any other country that's available. Um so, you know, I haven't been to a war zone. Uh when I go to Qatar in a couple of weeks or next week, um that'll be my first time going to the Middle East and it's still not war zone. No. Yeah, it's, it's definitely it's, it's definitely not. Mm-hmm. Unless, yeah, yeah. But uh so what do you think about this like you on Twitter a lot, so I'm pretty sure you see this. It's always a, a battle between – I always see a battle between – it's just people with different mentalities, so it's be a misunderstanding. It's the people that have, like, abundance mentality where they think, you know what I'm saying, I could do whatever I want to do out here. Like, ain't nothing stopping me between the people that's like – you got the crowd of people like, nah, you can't do this. Nah, we can't – nah, what? Like, they said <laughs> – you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. what, is, what, is your, what is your uh viewpoint on that? I mean, honestly, it has to do with your with your mindset and your mentality. But but then at the same time, sometimes it, it some people come off kind of like harsh with what they saying. You know, yeah. so if if you <laughs> if you come off harsh, you know, some people they they gonna give you resistance. They are gonna give you pushback. So which is fine, you know, what I'm saying as long as you're ready for it. But I just feel like you know, I think that everybody can change their life. I think that everybody can reach financial freedom, financial independence. It just really just all comes down to you sticking to a plan and, and you know, finishing out that plan and being disciplined. So, I mean, I just think that it's in everybody's best uh, interest to have an abundance mindset. Like, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Like when I was younger, you know, you, you really think that, you know, you can't have everything. But once once you realize that, you know, life is in abundance, money is in abundance, you realize you can get as much as you want. But if you if you thinking of a place of scarcity, like you thinking like, oh, no, nah, you know, I'm not I, I'll never be able to make more than 50,000 a year. I'll never be able to change my situation. I'll never be able to get out of it, out of this situation at all, like no matter what I do. So, you know, if you think like that, it, it's just going to be hard. It's going to be way harder. It's going to be way harder because it, it's it's you see it all the time, especially on Twitter. It's just like a the two different mentalities of people, you know what I mean? A lot of, it's a lot of people, especially with a lot of people doing dope things, making a lot of money. It's still the people they can see that they can hear it. And they still like, what? Like that ain't supposed to be happening. Like that's what they think. You could, that's what they think in their mind. Like that ain't supposed to, you know, especially if you black, they like, what the hell? They think you're doing some kind of bullshit or something like, it's like, bro, <laughs> like, bro, y'all have no idea. There's so many ways to, you just gotta, you gotta be open-minded. Like uh, Ray Dalio, he got this thing. He say, being radically open-minded mm-hmm. and i love that because it's that's where the opportunities come in once you kind of you don't close your mind to anything but a lot of people and it's crazy because 
the least is usually the least experienced people, the people with the least information got the most closed minds. And it's like, yeah. if anything, you should be on the complete opposite. Your mind should be open like a motherfucker because you don't know nothing. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> it has to do with who you surround yourself with. And then social media, I just feel like for a lot of people, it's poison. So if you just following those same type of people who all you do, all they do is gossip all day and, you know, just telling you like, oh, kill the rich, eat the rich. Like, that's that's oh. really what you're going to live. That's that's what you're going to think about. Like, that's that's how you're going to think. So. What you think about that though? Like you know, that's that's another big thing as well. That billionaires shouldn't exist. Eat the rich, and I'm like, yo, what the, this is this, 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 like spooky hours out here. I'm like, yo, what's going on? <laughs> I'm like, what's going on, man? This kind of spooky. What you think about this? Honestly, I I think it's crazy. So <laughs> I think it's crazy. You know, people saying eat the rich, and then like their mindset is, you know, they think there's something wrong with us because they're like, y'all are never gonna be billionaires. But, you know, what if we don't want to be billionaires? What if we want to be millionaires? Anybody thinks I'm a millionaire. So, you know, the, the, that eat the rich stuff, like that could potentially be you one day. And, you know, you don't you don't have to do evil stuff to make a million dollars. You don't. Yeah. So yeah. I don't I don't know about a billion dollars. But, you know, to become a billionaire, you have to make um, a massive a, a massive amount of impact on the world. So, yeah. I don't, I don't really think you got to be completely evil to do that either. And, you know, we're using a technology made from billionaires. That's that's what I say. I'm like, y'all saying eat the rich with a fucking iPhone on Twitter. Like, what the, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like ordering the logic behind Amazon. ordering off Amazon every day. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like, like Zamonte, he like, he always say, he like, if those people work, billionaires it'll be something wrong was like the value they brought to the world like it was only that was just a bad product they're gonna be billionaires you do you do you bring that much value it's just gonna happen like that yep exactly yeah that's on that so that's definitely that's uh definitely how i see it so i got another question i want to ask you so uh where do you where do you what's the vision the next five ten years or do you plan on being a uh uh, contract the long term, or you planning an exit, an exit strategy? Oh. <laughs> Honestly, I'm working on an exit strategy. Like okay. by the time I'm 35, I'll be out of government contracting. But as long as the money is easy, it's it's kind of hard to leave. <laughs> so, <laughs> the money is real easy, you know, and I can do just short term contracts, like less than 60 days. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to leave that. So, um. But like just long term, you know, I just keep I, I plan on to keep investing, uh, keep growing my businesses and just, you know, trying to impact the world and help people change their mindsets, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, you and, something, so. and something I want to ask you, too, is um, what advice, whether it be like financial advice or kind of like life advice, would you give to the 18 year old that's listening to this episode wondering like or just feeling lost on how to begin their journey? Um, I, I would say, you know, don't don't care about what people think. You know, if, if somebody thinks you're not doing the right thing, don't care about what they think. Just just stick to your plan and, and follow through with it. And then I guess money wise, just just don't take on any crazy amount of debt. If you do that, for the most part, you'll be all right, because after that, it just comes down to increasing your income. Mm-hmm. Mm, and that and that's a that's a do you feel like that's a. Uh... As a your income, you know, we talk about that a lot. Do you think that's a skill that some people just have or that's something that people could learn and, be, and figure things out for themselves? I think that everybody can learn how to increase their income. 
because you literally could could do um you could get a certification and go from making maybe like thirty thousand to making a hundred thousand in the same year. So and that, that's just off of a skill you learn. You know what I'm saying? So it's not something you were born with. You you study for it and you pass the certification and you apply those skills that you learn and you were able to increase your income. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. And and something that I, I realized that you uh, talk about quite often on uh, Twitter is like uh, unorthodox methods of investing, like how you'll talk about uh, luxury watches. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll talk about uh, well, it was something else you was talking about. I can't remember. Probably what like some designer bags or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what I was about to say. Yeah, designer. You were talking about designer bags, luxury watches. You talk about that. Do you mind just uh, discussing it? Because I know some people they probably never heard of these methods, and they probably be like, "What? Like, what? What you mean? What she mean by that?" Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so when it comes to like luxury watches, a lot of people they'll think, "Oh, you know, somebody got a Rolex and they wasted their money." You know, a lot of times that's true if it's completely like iced out, bust down. You right, their watch is going to lose value. <laughs> so yeah. if you if you get you like a, a stock watch like something just you keep it retail you don't change it a lot of the rolexes they go up in value um like the rolex submariner um historically that watch just always goes up in value so you know it just it just depends you gotta do your research on it um but it's it's, it's a lot that people don't understand about luxury stuff even when it comes to reselling shoes or just having you know designer bags like um, when it comes to reselling shoes, you know, you got off-white shoes, um, you got other limited edition type shoes that like you might buy it for a hundred dollars and it's reselling for a thousand. So people saying like, oh, you know, that's not an asset, but if somebody got a, a closet full of shoes that is worth a thousand dollars and they only paid a hundred dollars for each one, that's not an asset. And they can literally just put it right on StockX or GOAT and sell it within like a week. That's not an asset. Like they can cash that out immediately. So, yeah, and, then, and the same thing when it comes to the bags too. Like, so some Supreme bags, uh, Supreme did the collaboration with Louis Vuitton. Th- those bags are going for like fifteen thousand dollars, and they retail they retail pretty high though. They retail like three thousand. It's Louis Vuitton, so right. you know they selling for like fifteen thousand. So you could you could sell that on StockX. You could sell it on StockX. Um, I don't think you can sell it on Goat, but yeah, you can get it off on StockX. See? No, it's still good return. Yeah, still good return. Investment. And that's like I, I want to speak on that because I feel like those are methods that people are not aware of, or, met, or when you do see people buying those things, a lot of times we just constantly think like, "Oh, look at them wasting money." Like, "Oh man," like you know, what I'm saying, like, "Why you why are you wasting money on that?" Where it could be, we don't know these people's strategies. It could be something like that could be a method of investment that they had. They sell that we not privy of we not too aware of so that's that's dope game for real yeah yeah there's, there's millionaire resellers so exactly these luxury goods they're going up man they're going up in price like a birkin bag is one of the best investments you can get if you can get your hands on one um right you can get your hands on a birkin that's that's a guaranteed asset like it's going to go up in value you can sell it easily there's some chanel bags that they always go up in price as well so you know it just depends that's very. Yep. And it all comes back to just being open minded. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you don't know, so just do your research and always be learning and listening. Always be learning, and yeah. And you, you, uh, like how you speak on Twitter, you speak on a lot about how like you can even if even if let's just say you're not trying to uh like use that as an investment. You, know, you, you could be working hard, 
And you could be wanting to reward yourself. Because, you know, a lot of times, especially on social media, it's like the idea of you can't do nothing. You can't just stack your money, sell your money, don't put your money on shit. And it's like, come on, bro. Like, let's, let's, let's be honest. We all, we want to live a little bit. You got to right. live a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to splurge. You're going to splurge. Every now and then, but if you've been stacking, you deserve it. Ain't nothing, wrong, ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't see anything wrong with rewarding yourself. It just has to be within reason, you know. So if you, you stacked up some money, you you want to reward yourself, you can do that. So, you know, you just you just buy buy what you like. So you know, I you know me, I, I buy I buy designer stuff. I don't I don't try to do it all the time, but I definitely do buy designer items. So. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with liking nice things. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. things. As long as you put the work in, do what you got to do. Yeah, especially, especially if you can afford it. Like how I look at it, I'm like, it's a one-time payment. It ain't something I got to continuously make a payment on that next right. month. <laughs> I might buy some, buy, buy, because I don't really buy for myself no more. If I buy some design, it's for her. It might buy $800 pair of shoes or something. Cool. It's done. I ain't making no payment on that <laughs> shit. And nothing. It's over with. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's that's definitely how I look at it. And something else I want to uh, ask you because, like, how I how I see you is you do a lot of dope shit. You get you get a lot of uh, good game, and people only speak highly of you. Every time I've ever spoken to somebody regarding you, it's always been at the up the utmost high regards. And I think it's because how how you move, you know, how you treat people, you give out information, and you got you got a real cool persona. But mm-hmm. I want to ask you. Do you feel as if that's something that you have to do with you giving information, especially back to our community? I'm pretty sure there's plenty of people that that you didn't help probably change their life just from simple shit that you put out on Twitter. Is that something that just like you feel like you have to, like you're obligated to do? Um, I mean, I don't feel like I'm obligated to do it, but I enjoy doing it. So okay. I had only started doing the consultations because it just became overwhelming. And then people, they were just, they were asking for too much and I wouldn't even get a thank you. Like I'm spitting <laughs> my time doing research for them. You know what I'm saying? Give them everything they need. I don't even get a thank you or nothing like that. So I just figure, you know, my time is valuable. So I had to start doing the consultation, but I feel like, you know, people should spread knowledge. If you know something, spread it to somebody. You don't have to give them everything, but you can give them like a, a general plan like the basic concepts like a lot of people once you give them you know basic concepts they can they can get on uh they can figure out everything else from there just like a just something to jump start them and right. get them going right. just lay the foundation exactly it's all about your foundation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you, a lot of people they're not going to use it but it's always going to be somebody that is it's going to be it's going to be worth it on your end like i'm glad i did that all right Cause I'm pretty sure there's plenty of people that you help that you don't even know. Cause everybody's not gonna tell you. Some people just like you know they low key they ain't gonna say nothing. But mm-hmm. a lot of people are, but some people not. So ain't no telling like your value that you bring. And it's only gonna good shit just gonna continuously happen for you just because of the value that you bring to people. That's how I see it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. That's 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 uh that's that's definitely how I see it. And uh, but before before we wrap up, I want to ask uh one more thing about uh. The contract because i feel like this is super super this is a super super important topic that people like people don't never they don't never like you don't never hear people talk about it yeah. especially like oh no like, yeah i don't know people just like people really just keep that shit to themselves like people don't oh because <laughs> yeah. i don't even i don't because people don't even i don't even think people know to ask because that's not even the lane that like most people especially the black community are aware of so i know mm-hmm. 
I know for a fact when people hear this episode, they must be blowing you the fuck yeah. up. Like, yo, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, what? And I just want to say, definitely blow her up. Get a consultation because that's like, man, that's whole. That could change the whole trajectory of your family. Mm-hmm. Instead of you like yeah. going to BS here, you can get a contracting job. And I know a lot of people, especially right now, because I've been seeing the talks on Twitter, people saying, you black, you shouldn't do this, do that. I'm here to tell you, fuck that shit. <laughs> do not listen to nobody telling right, you that. Right, right. Don't listen to nobody telling you that. If you, like, fam, like, I always say, our ancestors, we did as much work to get to this position as white people. So you would be goofy to think like, oh, no, I ain't going to, you know what I'm saying? That's like saying you're not going to get a job, period. Right. You know what I'm saying? Still on this land. <laughs> the starting point, if they like, all right, I'm thinking about doing this. Where should, where should they, like, start this? Okay, so starting point, your very first point is you have to get um, a, a secret clearance from the government. Yeah, you, you're you not going overseas without a secret clearance. It's just not happening. So, uh, and then the means of getting that secret clearance, you have to land a position that requires you to have that clearance. So you need a company that's going to sponsor you to get the government clearance. So you can't just go out here and just like, some people think you can just buy a clearance. It don't work like that. Like you got to work a job for, for a company right. at a position that requires you to have that type of clearance. So, I mean, that's, that's really the first step to, you know, overseas contracting and, and really just contracting in general. Cause if you in the DOD, like the defense industry and you don't have a clearance, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. You're leaving a whole lot of money on the table. So if you can get up to like a top secret clearance, or if you want to go to the highest level, you know, like TSSEI with a polygraph, you, you get that type of clearance, you know, you, you're guaranteed to make six figures in the States, overseas, wherever, and you'll always have a job. So, you know, that's just something that I think that if, if you want to be in this industry, you need to have it. Yep. And I know people that's listening to this, they're going to be thinking, okay, like, they're probably going to be thinking like, okay, so what could stop me from getting the clearance? So for the people that don't know, what's some things that if you got probably like this on your record or resume that may stop, prevent you from being able to get that clearance? Yeah. So if you have felonies, you, you aren't going to be able to get a clearance. Um, if you... If you have any like, you know, drug charges, trafficking charges, anything like that, you're not going to be able to get a clearance. Um, it's real hard if you're in a lot of debt because they look at that as yep. a risk that you can yep. bought out. So you could be blackmailed. So that, yep. that's something, too. If you got a whole lot of debt, it's, it's going to be harder. Um, it's not 100 percent guarantee that they're going to deny you, but it's going to be harder. Um uh, what else? I think I think that's it, really, for the most part. Oh, you have any foreign ties? Like, if you have foreign ties with like terrorists or anything like that. So, I heard of this one girl. This is crazy. She um she ended up going overseas to study abroad, and she lived with some family. And apparently, the family's uncle uh, was an arms dealer, and she'll never be able to get a clearance. So, I wouldn't like for me personally, like I, my kids, when I have kids, they won't be doing any study abroad, anything like that. Cause I don't want any outside influences that I can't even control. Stop yeah. from having a successful future like me. So that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's really crazy. But that's, but that's like, especially when you work, like I said, I work in information protection. So I used to hear stories all the time about how people got a, they, they wife, brother, or, you know what I'm saying? It'd be shit like that. Yeah. Wife, cut. Or some, you know, they be tracing the shit back crazy. Mm-hmm. Like they go do their research. Just for the people that's listening to this, they gonna do their research. So it's it, um, it's gonna be uh if you're thinking about oh I'm gonna try to finesse it some way, it's it's not gonna happen. No, nah, it's not. It's not gonna happen. And then uh, oh yeah, another thing too, like drug usage and stuff like that. Like whatever you do, 
when you fill out your SF-86, that's the form for the clearance. Yeah. Don't lie on it because they will keep that form forever and they will like cross-reference what you said back then to whatever you're saying at your reinvestigation or the next clearance you're trying to get. So if you lie to the government, I mean, you're going to have a hard time. They either going to put the clearance time. away completely or, you know, you just you just aren't going to get in, you know, if you lie and they find out immediately. So. That's heavy game right there, cause that SF SF eighty six is very important, especially when you when you trust. It's pretty much like a, for the people that don't know, it's damn near like a history, pretty much like a record on you for real. Yeah. So if you're gonna put some information on there, make sure that information is valid and don't go in with the mindset of I'm a finesse the system, cause that's like I'm sad to say a lot of us we that's how we think like oh I'm trying to finesse this. You're not gonna finesse them. No, so I'm just letting you know right now. <laughs> not happening. So you're try to... <laughs> they put a private investigating on you. They're, it's not happening. You're not gonna be able to get over on a private investigator. So you're not. They, they gonna interview people you least expect. You least expect. Somebody gonna try to they gonna, they gonna do. They gonna do their homework on you. So if you gonna if you gonna go this route, make sure you official and you on your uh, p's and q's and you doing and you doing right. And we want to see y'all win. That's why we speaking on today. So you know, right. like we we want we want to see people win. Yeah, but uh, you had you you had anything else? No, I you got sure? everything. You sure? All right. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, uh, did you have anything else you want to uh um, add to it? I mean, the only other thing I'd like to say is just how if you go overseas, it's so much money to be made. I'm talking about you can make three hundred, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars a year overseas. So I mean, it just right. it really depends on your contract. It depends on what you're doing. So it, it's so much money to be made. No, no, it is, and I'm I'm glad you said that because I want people to hear this. Just because, like I said, it's cool being, it's dope being a business on an entrepreneur, but that's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. This is an option that you know what I'm saying that you could take and you could change your whole life. You can make a shit ton of money, like we say. It's the government, bro. They mm -hmm. they money basically oh. unlimited. Exactly. It's long. <laughs> it's not going nowhere. It's not running out. They always mm -hmm. got contracts. So get on that, especially especially if you're someone that's young. You're not exactly sure on the route you want to take. You don't got none of those things on your records that's going to, you know what I'm saying, prevent you from doing this. You might have a degree. Look look into this route. It might mm -hmm. take you a while with the clearances and stuff, but I promise you it's worth it. And that experience you're going to get being overseas and working with different people, it's like it's life change for real. You can't get it nowhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it'll change your whole life it'll change your whole life you'll have experience that nobody else will have you know like i, I live my first contract was in japan my second one was in taiwan so you know i just have experience that other people aren't used to like i, I traveled around the world you know i'm thankful for it honestly and i made i made good money and i met good people mm -hmm. that's 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 the dopest part making good money meeting new people like you've been to taiwan japan and you're not even 30 yet mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying you live in these places and mm -hmm. did all this while making all this money so it's like and investing and investing <laughs> yep and, like that's the that's the most that's the one of the most important uh important things right there investing throughout that whole throughout that whole journey yeah yeah and, a lot of people they'll go overseas now don't don't let this be you don't go overseas <laughs> now and don't invest no money like don't go overseas and not save don't go overseas and, you know, have some type of family situation where you got to pay for a whole family back in the States. And now you don't have any money overseas. You just you're in the same situation. You really could have stayed in the States for that. So you right. got to make sure, you know, uh, make sure you save and invest while you're overseas. I know plenty of people who've been overseas for like 10 years and they don't really have too much to show for it. No, that's that's facts. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm 
I'm glad. I'm glad you said that because I want people to know that too. Like, just because you go overseas, don't automatically assume that you're gonna come back with bread. You gotta do right by your money. Yep. Because I know when I, when I was overseas, when I was in Qatar for seven months, I remember before we was getting ready to come back. It's like you know we chill around, we talk shit. It'll be like at the end of it, it's like all right, how much how much you saying while we here? We just talking. You know, you talk to people. Oh, I did this. I did. How much you say? Oh, damn, I say four grand. Four grand. It's like, nigga, you might as well, like you said, you might as well stay at home. You might as well stay at home. Why? Like, why make those kind of sacrifices if you're not gonna gain anything? For real, you're not all your money. Facts. You missing out on your family. If you got a relationship, you missing out on your relationship. Mm -hmm. You missing out on so much, and you gonna just not say nothing. Yeah. So you, that's the thing. So you might as well, if you if you gonna uh, take this advice and go overseas. Make sure you save your money. That's what we pretty much getting at. Stack that bread because it's the time will go about. It seemed like a long time, but that time will go by fast. Yeah, I was overseas for almost three years. It went by super fast. Man, you was there three years straight. Yep, almost, almost two and a half straight. Two and a half straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I did. Man, a year no, I was, I was the- and then a year and a, no, I did a year and a half in Japan. I did a year in Taiwan. Yo, I already oh, know. Right I, back. I already know how I go because I'm 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 just thinking the money was because I know I was in I was in Qatar for seven months and I damn near saved like 25, 25 grand and I was low rank. Look, so I'm like, you know, what I'm saying if I was there for if I was there for three years, while my rank was going up, I would at least I would have came back with at least about two hundred, close to two hundred. Easy. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's easy. <laughs> you, you were in the see. military. You were in the military. So think about you know with the contractors. You know contractors make more than people in the military. So right. think like you, we make more, and you're not paying much for living. So it, it's so much money you can you can save, man. Like I was able to do so much overseas. It's crazy. Like so, like I was saying before. So first year overseas, I was making one fifty. Made one fifty in Japan, and then went to Taiwan. I was making two twenty five. So just chilling. Literally just chilling. What? No, that's no, that's because when I got out before I got the military, my uh my supervisor he was a contractor. He was a uh, he, uh, he was a GS thirteen. Yeah. So you know that that's a pretty decent position. So uh and he was trying to give me a contractor job before I got out, and I'm like, no, I already got things I'm working on and stuff. I'm like, if all if all fails, I mean I could always come back to this. But he was like, yo. Get to you gonna be making this out the gate. I'm like, man, I'm tired of the military, yeah. man. I was like, <laughs> but but I, if if I wasn't doing this, I would definitely be doing. I would definitely be going that route. Right. That's bread for sure. And you got to look like we both could have easily did yeah. that, and you've been going crazy, yeah. <laughs> right? Because you you could be overseas and investing in the states. Like it's not like it's it's hard to do. Like my best friend, he overseas right now, and he done bought six properties in the past uh, two years. So it, it, he's financially free now, and he plan on buying ten more this year. And so you know, it just, it just all just depends. You know, it just depends on what you want to do. Do you want to be over there and invest, or you want to be over there and just spend all your money and live your best life? Best life. <laughs> yeah. And then the thing, just for people that's hearing this, and you hear like how you can just be over there stacking your money, you might be thinking like in terms of home, if you're not doing shit. But it's completely different when you're overseas because mm-hmm. it ain't really. 
as much to do. You don't know that as many people. So it's way easier to just sit your ass down and chill. Yep. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's way easier. Yeah, because stuff, yeah. It, it adds up. I mean, if, you, if you're out and about, like if you're traveling all the time, you could spend so much money traveling overseas because you're already overseas. So all those countries you wanted to go to, it's way easier to go to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's way, for real. You just just chill, relax. If you into video games, get you a video get you a video game, read you some books, invest. You living, you can occupy your time outside of work. Right. You come home, caked up. Mm-hmm. We sound like we uh damn uh ambassadors for the damn uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> like this right now. They gonna be like, damn, fuck this. I'm about to do this now. <laughs> right. yeah, the last thing I want to say about it was um so overseas work is always available. Like once you go overseas once, you can always get back overseas because nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants to be away from their family for, you know, a year at a time. And, you know, you, you can't come back home that much, depending on your contract. Like if you want to spend a lot of money traveling back and forth, you could do that. But some contracts, you just can't leave that often. So, you know, if you if you've been overseas, you can always go back overseas. So that's why some people are like, you know, why are you leaving so early? I mean, if I want to go back, I can go back tomorrow. So you know, yeah, it, it just depends on what I want to do. Cause that's, that's that's very true. Like that you said, that's 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 super true. I never looked at it like that way. Cause most of the contractors you will see, a lot of the times it's people, cause it, it fits it fits best for people that like don't got no kids. Yep. Probably they probably got a wife, but it's probably them, or they could be single. Mm-hmm. And as we know, most Americans, especially over the age of thirty, that's not their situation. They got kids, probably got a wife, or some kind of family dynamic, and it's. Like as you said, it's plenty of room, opportunity to go over there. Yep. There's a lot of people they don't they don't do want to do it. Yep, they don't want to do it. So they either don't want to do it, they don't have the clearance, or they don't have like the experience you need to do it. So mm-hmm. Damn, <laughs> I hope y'all listening, yeah. especially if you if you young, you ain't got no kids, you ain't got no you ain't got no uh, crazy uh, relationship dynamic. Even if you're in a relationship, you can still do. You can still do it, and then so that's the thing too. Some of the contracts you can bring a spouse with you. With you, you can right? Bring them with you, <laughs> so you right. really chilling. Like I don't think they have spouses with them. I'm glad you brought that part up because I forgot about that. You could definitely bring it. Like if you marry, so like some situations, you can bring your wife or husband and your you. kids too. Kids too. They pay. They pay for all. This. They pay for all of it. And this shit might sound unbelievable to some of y'all, but I ain't never heard of it. Y'all might be like, what? No, nah, trust me. This shit is real. It's, it's real. Like, and it's a, it's a boatload of opportunity. Like, the gut. That's one thing about the government when it comes to contracting the military, especially with certain branches, especially if you like Air Force type, how we was in contracting. They take care of you. Oh, yeah. Good. They take care of you. <laughs> they take good care of you. That's why a lot of people get in. They never get they the never leave, out. right? They never. Leave. It's not. It's not. You can't really compare it to the typical job at all. It's, it's yeah, totally. It's totally different. If you ain't never did uh, dealt with it before, you wouldn't even really understand it until you got in to see like how much they take care of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, in wrapping up, we just want to say you already know we definitely appreciate you coming on. Like we've been looking forward to this episode. For a long time, and I I, I uh, really love this conversation because I know this is a different route that a lot of people probably never heard of, never like nothing, not, not even thought about. So to have you on here, give our game on that as well as other things, 
Like it's 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 I can't I can't tell you how much we appreciate it for real. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate y'all for bringing me on. You know, I want I want people to know about it. This is definitely something that they don't want us to know about. I could promise you. And then the, a lot of people who do know about it, like us, they don't want to tell nobody else. They just tell their friends. So. No, facts. <laughs> That's facts. I know firsthand. They do not Mm-mm. like. I know it's a lot of it's people got a lot of conspiracy theories or a lot of shit. But I could be the uh, I could vouch for this one specifically. They don't want you to know this because it... <laughs> right, it'll change your whole family life. Like I, I got my cousin overseas. He just he just went overseas in September. He's in Kuwait. Like so, you know, that's two of us that have made it overseas now. Um, so that you know, that's that changed our family traje- trajectory, right? Trajectory, yeah. But how, with your cousin, how long was his process? Uh. It it took him maybe like six months of like really working hard, like trying to get it. Like, but he, you know, we already have our clearances. He already had it. So, uh, but it took him like about, probably about six months of really trying. Like for me too, from the from the time I started my first contract, it probably took me about six months total to get overseas. That ain't nothing though. That's worth it. Mm-hmm. That's worth it. Yeah. That's a small. So yeah, like. Man, like they, they definitely, like you said, they definitely the people and the people that do it, they don't really talk about it that much for real. Like you wouldn't even know, you probably see them yep. mm-hmm. at your yeah. local grocery. They, they ain't really gonna say much about this. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so, I want, so first of all, I want people to understand how rare this conversation alone is because you probably ain't never heard of this conversation before. I know most people haven't. Yeah, like, what the fuck? yeah, especially <laughs> if you don't know anybody in the military or or anybody in the defense industry. So like it really depends on where you live at too, because you know, the government's not everywhere in the United States. Like their main presences, they aren't everywhere. So they only in specific right. areas. So if you're not in the military, you don't or you don't live in those kind of areas like me growing up in, in Arlington, Virginia, like I saw it. So I saw it firsthand. And then my dad too, like so I'm I was surrounded by it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that makes sense. That probably made you more like uh willing to do it too. Cause you know, like that that probably that fear was gone in your oh, head. Yeah. Like yeah. Man, you should so, probably buy BMW cash and a house cash. Your fear is you're not even gonna be scared. Oh, <laughs> that changed everything. Yeah, right, especially with especially with us. Yeah, we you know we think about getting fly doing this and that. You see that, it's like what? Yeah. Yeah, that's game. <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's great but yeah before before we let you go do you mind plugging in all your stuff where people can get a uh, consultation where they can follow you everything pretty much the book all that right so uh you can follow me on twitter at capital underscore sb and then if you want to book a consultation it's bookwithbees.com bookwithbeez.com and then to buy the book it's uh financialstarterkit.com Cool, cool. Yeah. Giftize too. Download Giftize. Yeah, Giftize as well. Giftize as well. I'm trying to make sure we plug everything. We don't forget. Make sure you follow her on Twitter. Yeah, uh, follow. Yeah, follow her on if you're on Twitter or even if you're not on Twitter, get a, get a Twitter and follow her because she give out game all the time. So mm-hmm. it's it's definitely a valuable person to follow. And we just want to say we appreciate you. Like we know we we've been looking forward to this for a long time. So I'm so happy we was able to get this done. And I know the people gonna they gonna love it when we uh. When, we, when they hear it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I know so many people are looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People be, people been hitting me up for a minute regardless. Every time I say who y'all want to be on the podcast, people hit me up. Get bees on. I'm like, yo, we already been you can't we already, right. it's all, we already been working on it. I'm like, you can't hear it. I just like, okay, okay, I see. I'm just testing the temperature. But yeah. 
Yeah, but yeah, that's that's uh, all we got for you. Like I said, we definitely appreciate you. So yeah, thank you. All right, thanks for having me on. Yeah, appreciate. Well, that was another episode of the Millionaire Mindset Podcast with Bees. Like she said, she gave her all her information and uh, info. If you want to reach out to her, get in touch with her, all that. We like we said, definitely uh, get in touch with her, follow her, all that good stuff. The book of consultation, everything. And then wrapping up for those who don't know, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Xavier C. Miller. And you can find me on Instagram at Deanna Kent and Twitter, Deanna S. Kent. And that's all we got for y'all. Appreciate y'all for tuning in this episode. See y'all next episode. Peace. On the way to the big check. You ain't know I'm up next when I'm on the way. You ain't take a risk because you're too afraid. I'ma just eat till I'm overweight. On the way. Oh, a lot of shit on the way. On the way.